This week's episode features Kira, a crossdresser of color from the great city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She's not your average crossdresser that you typically hear about or see because she's a minority in more ways than one. And she hopes that with her talk with me, she can inspire others like her to come out of the woodworks and celebrate their uniqueness in the world of crossdressing. I've also got my yas of the week that discusses how the so-called inventor of gender reveal parties had a change of heart. And another installment of Kirsten's Corner that talks braziers. This is the 26th episode of the Cross Yas podcast. So, you Johns, ready to get the episode going? Welcome to the Cross Yas podcast. The podcast that says yas to everything related to cross-dressing and gender. I'm Giselle Mirasol, your cross-dressing host. Catch feelings with me on Instagram at Giselle Mirasol and find the podcast there too at Cross Yas Podcast. The Cross Yas Podcast is on Facebook and Twitter as well at Cross Yas. That's spelled C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S. And hey, are you looking to contact the podcast with your feedback? or considering sharing your own personal story on the podcast, cross-dressing or gender-related, well, the answer should still be... Yes, yes, yes. Email the podcast at crossyaspodcast at gmail.com. That's C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S podcast at gmail.com. Happy August, everyone. My favorite month. Because it's my birthday month. Go show It's your birthday. And as a treat, I'll start off with releasing an episode each week this month which I used to do anyways, if you remember. So that'll be five episodes guaranteed this month. With at least two episodes being interviews, because I know how much you guys love interviews. And there'll be more Kirsten's Corner, because we need a little more Kirsten in our lives, right? I know I do. I do, I do, I do, I do, Plus, I'll try and add and sprinkle some mini episodes this month. So I'm doing it all. Yeah, that's right. I know. I'm a generous god. But I love the positive feedback I'm getting from you guys, so keep that coming. And a massive thank you to all the Cross Yas listeners for your support. You're all my favorites. Speaking of favorites, let's talk about the... Yes! ...of the week. So you guys know gender reveal parties, right? I think I mentioned them before, earlier in this podcast, like in the early episodes. I think I've told you my opinion on them, how I dislike them. I kind of find they're borderline almost lying because it's misleading remember it's a misnomer because gender has nothing to do with the sex of your baby but as a refresher here's me way back in episode eight of my cross dress and deaths episode talking about gender reveal parties hit it 50 cent yeah let's take them back gender reveal parties are actually kind of inherently wrong kind of it's a misnomer because you're not revealing gender you're revealing sex. Also, it puts a lot of pressure on the kid and the mom because, you know, if that kid is born a male but turns out to be female, like, yo, you've got this kid's destiny all wrong from the start. So you know those gender reveal parties, right? Where they typically use pink or blue and assign them to female or male. Pink to female, blue to male. But, like, they hide that in either a cake or a balloon or... I think I saw a basketball through a hoop once. I guess someone dunked a ball and then the ball exploded and either pink or blue confetti came out to represent the sex of the baby. Those kinds of things. Well, the so-called inventor of the gender reveal party recently released this Facebook post that said this. I quote, A weird thing came up on Twitter, so I figured I'd share here. Someone remembered it was me who invented the gender reveal party. 
I had written about my party on my blog and a parenting form in July 2008. It was picked up and, in an interview with me, was published in the Bump magazine and the idea kind of spread from there. I've got the article framed. Anyway, I felt a lot of mixed feelings about my random contribution to the culture. It just exploded into crazy after that. Literally guns firing, forest fires, more emphasis on gender that has ever been necessary for a baby. Who cares what gender the baby is? I did at the time because we didn't live in 2019 and didn't know what we know now. That assigning focus on gender at birth leaves out so much of their potential and talents that have nothing to do with what's between their legs. Plot twist. The world's first gender reveal baby is a girl who wears suits. End quote. The so-called inventor's name is Jenna Carvunidis. Carvunidis? Carvunidis? Probably butchering her name, but whatever. Now, why is she considered the inventor of gender reveal parties? Well, way back in July 2008, she baked a cake ahead of the birth of her first daughter and threw a party. And inside of that cake had an inside icing that was, you guessed it, pink, traditionally associated with female, to represent the sex of her baby. She posted that photo on her blog about gender reveal parties, and it went viral. She defended her ideas of gender reveal parties, even wrote up stuff in blogs, up until she realized that the daughter who would be born, well, she was different. When asked by Elle magazine in a recent article, what changed her mind, Carvunidis replied that her daughter didn't gravitate towards the pink things. She knows her daughter is still a girl, but at the same time, she likes what she likes. And she's just a kid. Carvunidis' daughter is now 10 years old, and she goes on to say that she doesn't know what the future holds for her daughter, but she accepts her, loves her, and that she's awesome no matter what. Look, I still think gender reveal parties are stupid, and Carvunidis agrees. She also says in her Elle interview that she finds gender reveal parties are offensive to non-binary and transgender people. She's right. But, and like I've said it before, I think being offended is kind of dumb. Like, sure, some things are offensive, but there's more to life than being angry and being offended at what someone says or is doing. I'm personally not easily offended, and I think there's more important things in life to focus on than being offended. But what I'm not a fan of is, and well, that's misinformation. Y'all know me, I've always been someone who loves education and critical thinking. And gender reveal parties are not an accurate representation of what these parties really are. You're revealing the sex of the baby, not the gender. Also, think about it. You're setting such high expectations prior to the baby even being born. Like, the baby isn't even here yet, and you already think you know what the kid is going to be? Like, how when some parents say, well, my kid's going to be a doctor growing up, or my kid's going to be a lawyer or a teacher, or, you know, fill in the blank. But see, gender isn't something you can predetermine in, like, prenatal diagnostic testing. There's nothing in the mom's amniotic fluid that says your child's going to be cisgender or transgender or gender non-binary. So just enjoy the baby being born. Let the child grow up and be who they want to be. Obviously, guide them as parents and teach them right from wrong, but don't set yourself up for failure by believing you think you'll know what the child's gender is going to be and throw a party saying, you know, that this baby is a boy or a girl. You'll know the baby's sex, but not the gender. So for you people looking on planning and spending money on your so-called gender reveal party, just don't be all upset when your baby grows up to be someone who isn't cisgender and turns out to be, I don't know, transgender or gender non-binary. Because you're going to be mad you thought something was true, but turns out to be something that wasn't. So please, stop with the gender reveal parties, everyone. Knowing the baby's sex is not the same as revealing gender. You're revealing sex at birth, not gender. So, my yas of the week goes to Jenna Carvunidis, and being more woke, if you will. If the so-called inventor of the gender reveal party can have a change of heart, maybe you guys can too.
And if you really want to correct this problem, call the gender reveal party for what it really is, a sex reveal party. Do you know what it's time for? A sexy party. No, not a sexy party, a sex reveal party. But good luck getting people to come to your sex reveal party, unless it's a different kind of sex party. Then I mean... And that was the... Yes! Of the week! So this episode features Kira, a crossdresser currently living in Philly. Another first-rate guest who's well-versed and has so much to say. You'll love her and she's, I don't know, one of the more unique guests we'll have on the podcast. Maybe some of you will relate to what she has to say and, I don't know, I did. Also, stay tuned after the talk with Kira to hear Kirsten's Corner as she talks about Brazils. No, not Brazil, as in Rio de Janeiro Olympics 2016. I mean, we talk bras. You know, the thing that holds your boobs up. And bra sizing and how she gets fitted for bras. So enjoy episode 26 of the Cross Yas podcast. Another fun-filled episode, for sure. Hey guys, just want to talk about Anchor real quick. You know, I love Anchor so much. They've helped me so much with this podcast. It's free, and they have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your own phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Really, guys, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead and go to it. It's great. Well, uh, welcome to the Cross Your Ass podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Thanks for reaching out. Uh, we don't get many crossdressers of color to actually reach out to the podcast, which I, not that I'm saying I don't want it. I'm actually, because, you know, crossdressing goes throughout the entire, you know, universe <laughs> of color and sex and gender and such, as you already know. That I do. <laughs> uh, so tell us about yourself. I am a crossdresser, a veteran. Probably, uh, oh my gosh, <sighs> since age four, and I am uh, older than thirty-five, but younger than fifty. Okay, is <laughs> one one way to put it. So yeah, heterosexual, and have been dressing for like I said since I was four, and it's just a part of who I am. I am married and have children, and. Yeah, that's it. Professionally employed, college educated, all the things that people try to make us seem like we couldn't be, but we actually are because the misconception is so bad. And what is the misconceptions that you hear for crossdressers? Uh, we're gay, sexual deviants, out of our minds, needing to be put away. I, I don't know. I don't think it's much more positive than that. So your name is Kira, and can you tell us more about Kira? Kira's a longtime heterosexual crossdresser. Never, I don't consider myself. I I don't consider myself a, a bona fide member of any spectrum. I think I kind of float in the sense that uh, the perception transsexual are is one thing, but it's so vastly different than crossdressers that the two tend to mix. So I don't really know where I fall, and don't think I. Uh, I know I'm not, obviously, not gay, not lesbian, uh, I'm not queer. I consider myself a member of the community, not knowing where I fall. I am probably uh, one of the larger ladies that you or most people encounter. I happen to be extremely tall and a fairly large lady. 
So I represent the BBW community. Which, shout out. Yeah, big time shout out. Uh, happy to do that. I'm very attracted to BBW ladies in my personal life. So those are the ones that I portray and it's easy to do so given that uh, I'm, of, I'm six feet, seven inches tall and 290 pounds. So I, I don't know what other what other questions are there that I could maybe answer that would make this an easier, uh, give you a, a more thorough answer. <laughs> well, let's start with um, what made you, I guess, attracted to BBWs or what's the fascination with bigger girls for you? Uh, it's based outside of what, what I like, what I admire in women. I portray a fuller figure girl at Kira. Um, so the, I'm very voluptuous and have natural curves. As odd as that sounds, I have natural, natural curves. So I have to do a lot of padding, uh, but I am, I do, I'm very busty. So I do have very large breast forms, but they um, fall in line with my body. So that's the type of woman that I like. And so I, it's kind of like paying homage and being jealous of somebody at the same time. Mm-hmm. What was your earliest cross-dressing moment? I knew you said you were four, but do you have like a early, earliest memory? Well, this is where my affinity for Sesame Street comes in. <laughs> my mother had a pair of fire engine red panties and i thought that they were the most amazing things ever and so i decided i wanted to wear them and they i don't know what it was about them but they immediately drew me in like a moth to a flame and (laughs) the uh, next thing i know i was jumping up and down on the bed and having just the time of my life and watching sesame street the next thing i know my mother walks in and i'm caught so my first entrance into our world uh i got caught Mm. And nothing um, preempted that. You just went ahead and saw that you were attracted to it. You saw it and you wore it. That's the only thing that I can remember. It was just something that drew me. And I knew that I had to have those. And I think I have had an affinity for a red undergarment since then. But of course, I've mixed in other colors. <laughs> so I love talking about panties so much. Now, let's, let's talk about like cross-dressing in terms of fetishes now is cross-dressing partly a fetish for you as well or is that just a side note side thing where it and for me like i i'm it helps me sexually i guess with cross-dressing elements but i don't know how you feel about that the two don't even intersect for me there's Mm. fetish there's no desire to be anything other than kira i i don't suddenly find myself attracted to of the opposite sex i don't have anything i don't i don't suddenly adopt risky behavior i don't go in a place that i wouldn't otherwise go and as my male self so I, it's not a fetish for me it's just a part of my personality that i am choosing to express and i mean it, i'm not saying because it's you're in that age range where, <laughs> for me, when I, did, it, did it evolve when it started? Because when I remember in my early teens, 20s, you know, you're a horny young kid. You want to, you know, you find things that do that. I don't know if it's always been that way for you or has it evolved or has it changed or is it always? So when I was a teen, my hormones are raging and I'm always horny all the time. Is it? <laughs> and, and so... I, there were times that I did dress and then I would. 
find myself find myself saying, okay, then I, I want to masturbate. But it was never because of that. It was just because I was aroused for other reasons, but they were never attached. They were always separate. And I think that's how it's evolved over the years where I could um, dress but not feel the need to link it to sex. I, I dressed because I wanted to, because I wanted to be Kira, spend time with Kira, and express that part of my personality. <clears throat> ah, gotcha, gotcha. As uh, Kira, I know you said you're you're out to your wife. Am I, is that the right assumption? Yes, but she does not participate. Oh. Uh, so can you explain how that coming out to your wife uh, came about? And if you want to talk about the coming out to anyone that you've come out to, how that process has been like. To my wife, it was one of those things where I told her, she kind of looked at me like I had three eyeballs, <laughs> and she asked the normal litany of questions, was I gay? No. Did I desire men? No. Uh, was I losing interest in her? No. Uh, did I feel the need to go any places that would uh, place me in jeopardy? No. Did I go out out of the house? Yes. Um, did I think that any body that we knew knew and they don't so i have been um you have friends that friends that know but it, it's not like we talk about it consistently but they're the vast majority of people in my life have no earthly idea is that something you would like do you want other people to know more about kira or is it just a private thing that you want to just keep to yourself i i I think if there were a select group of people, then I would share if I felt comfortable. But I'm I'm on the fence with some there. Some people I would I would like to tell. There are others who I would totally keep it away from. Uh, my mm -hmm. personality is Kira, and as my male self, have no interaction other than the fact that as my male self, I like. BBW women. And other than that, there's absolutely no intersection because as my male self, I probably debunk every myth and no one would even have a clue that mm. I'm a cross-dresser. It's just the two don't intersect. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now you are a taller person and you are a cross-dresser of color. Is it difficult for you to out in public do you ever have you ever gone out in public as as kira and how, what's that experience been like if it has been something you've done i have gone out in public and i probably started going out in public i think i ventured beyond the walls of home around age probably 20 maybe 21 or some somewhere along those lines and mm -hmm. it was to the mailbox and then from the mailbox just beyond the neighbor's house and from just beyond the neighbor's house drive to the post office, which had doors open 24 hours a day. So I could go in the post office and then it went to a quick drive to the grocery store and a quick run through the grocery store. And then I realized I'd been, I'd been spot. And then I quickly got away and well, didn't get away. I hadn't been caught, but I jumped in my car and drove away and it was, nerve-wracking but at the same time fulfilling because i was i was out it, there was 
I w- it was like often say that uh, being a, cr- a closeted crossdresser is like going to the zoo and watching an animal pace. Pre- pre- in most instances, I say a tiger go back and forth because he or she is not in their natural element. But if they mm-hmm. could get the other side of the wall or the other side of the ravine, they would and they would run. And so that's what it's like. And so I've, it's being as tall as I am, it's um, being spotted is difficult. But I think being a woman of color, I, um, because women of color tend to be larger or can be larger women, that I, for a few minutes I can get away with with being or being assumed to be female until I'm actually, I'm getting closer and people start to realize you are far beyond the average height of a male or female. Mm -hmm. But fortunately I, I I took on the shape of, or I guess you could say I I have a shape that's, um, Similar to though to women in my family, so for some reason I, I I do have natural curves, and so by the time I add breast forms, there's definitely curvature that would resemble a woman. So I can get away with it. So it feels good to see the double take, and it's the the double take that where people go oh, instead of the double take that says oh, well you're you're a genetic male, but it it does feel good to kind of catch people's eye or even in the times that I've gone into a store or and have someone say you look really nice so um, Uh it's it will you you understand Giselle so you you want to be complimented it's part Mm -hmm. of what you do and it's kind of like the podcast where you mentioned you were in Las Vegas and you got dolled up and you were looking really pretty but then at the same time you had to pay the extra twenty dollars to go into the club (laughs) Uh, yeah thanks for reminding me (laughs) But but that was the type of thing that makes this podcast special because you share those instances and people can reflect. And if they can't reflect to a T, then in some way, shape or form, if they've been able, if cross-dressing is one of those things where they want to express uh, their, their, their female self and they've tried to mm-hmm. do something beyond the walls of their, of their home or wherever they choose to indulge, it, there's something I would imagine where they could say, oh, well, I, I can kind of relate. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this. How how important is passing to you? I mean, you have your breast forms, you go out and you like getting complimented, but is that something as Kira that you want? You know how some people say, we don't give a fuck. We just gonna, we're just going to wear what we want and do what we want. But how important is it to you, Kira? So it's interesting. There's a, a, a cross-dressing blogger that I am very fond of, and she got awesome post just absolutely awesome post and she's probably been dressing i think according to her website nearly 50 years and she says Mm -hmm. if you can fine but if you can't why would you let that destroy how you feel about your female self and so having said that there's nothing that anybody can say or do to tell me that i was not born this way i didn't decide that i wanted to take on female persona that was in me so spiritually psychologically i pass physically it probably requires a double take Uh, i've been fortunate enough to know how to apply makeup and 
and all of those things. And so I have some feminine features and things like that. So as long as I look respectable, it's fine. If, if I pass, that's fine. If I don't, it doesn't define what I think of myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where are you're obviously in the United States, I figure, right? You have to be in the US, right? Yeah, I, I'm so I'm on the East Coast and it's it's I'm in a city where there are crossdressers. I've I've met them online, some wonderful, wonderful ladies who have uh, they frequent one particular place. I don't. And I think that given the fact that I do have a, posi- a career path that doesn't allow me to go, I have to be thoughtful in where I go. I have to um, be mindful of what outlets I have. I don't post pictures online. I wish that I could. Uh, I'm very tempted to do so, but you know, I, I don't. But all of that said, I, I, I do communicate via some websites where other, myself and other crossdressers communicate. And, it's good, but at the same time, uh, being a crossdresser of color, I do wish that there were more crossdressers of color who would uh, express their feminine side. And for the longest, I thought, well, I must be the only one <laughs> in this world like me. And I see all of the, uh, girls of other ethnicities interacting with one another. But there's nobody for me to interact with in addition to them that looks like me. And I um, had to come to the realization and, and I did relatively, relatively later than I would have. But at the same time, the, for whatever reason, um, crossdressers of color don't really step out and make themselves known. And when they do, um, there's the, a dance that's done that where I guess people don't provide information about themselves and if they do it a lot or sometimes truthful. So it does make it a little bit challenging to get to know people and to have the opportunity to engage and interact and things like that. So um, I think that's what really drew me to your podcast and hoping that there were listeners of color and even those listeners who are not of color, but have the willingness to say, I want to know other people who have the same interest that I have mm-hmm. uh, to be open to that. If, if the opportunity comes to meet someone uh, or interact with, with a, a lady of color and, and do so or, and vice versa. Again, it doesn't just go one way. I, I think it takes a, a mutual effort on each person's part to want to shrink our divide. And if that could happen, then I think a lot of us would be a lot better off and not feel so isolated and alienated and um, just bridge some gaps and some communication gaps and um, yeah, just try and make it, make it better. So uh, just my, my feel on that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, I feel education is the, is the, is what bridges the gaps that we have between, you know, isolating one another and putting people in boxes and no, no, this, this person is this way or this person is this way or, this sex is this way, or this gender does this, and you're like, wait, what? Like, wait, can we can we talk about these things or understand one another? Um, I have talked to other crossdressers of color, and they're all around the U.S. You'd think, oh no, they're all in the South, or or they're all in New York, or, or they're all in like these areas. Like, no, they're they're everywhere. 
they you know they they're even like worldwide in different countries in india they're in you know in dubai and uh you know russia and you know england and canada and mexico and brazil like there's <laughs> cross-dressers everywhere but you know cross-dressing is sometimes just one part of a person like it because just like um gender it's a huge and sexual identity it's a huge spectrum and that's what's so cool about this podcast is you get so many cool and interesting people talk about their story like yourself kira like where else would you talk to a six foot seven uh, yeah, who wants to talk about themselves and wants to reach out and kind of you know uh find other people who have similar stature or similar backgrounds um and I mean, I hope my podcast can hope hopefully unify everyone, or at least have an understanding that hey, these people exist. No need to isolate them or make them feel not special. You know, I I, I know I'm not the only tall crossdresser. I know I'm not the only black crossdresser. I know that now, but where do I go to meet other people? How do I meet those individuals, and then at the same time protect myself? Um, there's a number of, of people who uh, write about uh, our community, and I, I, I would definitely like to consider us a community because we are. And I think that uh, it's fragmented because you have some individuals who take it to places that I and others would not, but nonetheless still a community. And I think it's not a microcosm society if you were to break it down but just add one common element which would be cross-dressing i think we are a micro society but um there's a lady who is a writer by the name of terry ryan and well i'm assuming that might be her pen name but nonetheless uh, she was married to a cross-dresser and mentions that her ex-husband did her about his cross-dressing and she was it was not something that she felt like she could indulge in, but nonetheless, she was fascinated by it and writes about it and talks about a gentleman who she knows who is um, an executive and has been married twice and divorced and people have seen him as his female self, yet he will not acknowledge that he is a cross-dresser and people talk about it, know it, and it's something that he will not acknowledge. But and in, in the grand scheme of things, you ask yourself, well, why not? What did he do wrong? And that, and I think that's the thing that I find myself in is, but what have I done wrong? What has anybody else done wrong? That's across other than say, you know, I got another part of my personality that I have to address. So I think it's no different than someone saying they'd love to travel or they love to garden or anything else. The, those are things that make them happy. And so when they're gardening, when they're traveling or whatever the case may be, they're fulfilling their obligation to themselves to be who they are. And I think that that's what people, I wish that people could understand. That's merely what a cross-dresser is doing. I don't have any, what one might call deviant behavior. I don't have ten, those tendencies. I don't have anything like that. I'm just a person who is, I, what I call, who I refer to as what the Native Americans call two-spirited. And I don't have any shame in that i just wish that it was more it was a bit more well understood and places that we could go and not be marginalized and so it's kind of i ask and i 
chat room I was in once. I said, well, where can you go and cross-dress? And the person res- responded by saying, anywhere. And I'm thinking, one, how, how empowering that must feel to be able to feel that way or, do, or, or even act upon that. But then at the same time, how scary that could be because if you're spotted or if you are not comfortable in that setting, why do you have to think twice about going to some basic place that otherwise you wouldn't even give a thought to if you were presenting in your birth in the gender you were born? So just a lot of that I wish that, that we could work on. I wish that there were a bigger forum where people accepted it. I think the younger people, when I say younger people, meaning those who are even young children to individuals like yourself who are in extremely, who are who I, well, not, I don't consider myself to be old, but are, are young, young like yourself who are pushing the envelope to say there's nothing wrong with crossing genders. There's nothing, there's, the gender does not have to be binary. Gender can be uh, inclusive and it can be what you want it to be. And there's, I think younger people are putting the world in the position to say, I can't judge. And if I do, judging now is being frowned upon, whereas one point in time, judging was credited. So it's very interesting the place that we are now with gender. I think that the, this movement, if you will, will be solidified by those who beat down the walls of the stereotype and say, well, as long as there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong. And I look forward to that day and hope that hope that I am still enjoying my life as Kira and, and to be able to enjoy that and, and embrace those who will lead that change. Hmm. Man, it must be Sunday because you're like taking me to church. <laughs> you're like preaching. I love it. It's like you've hit so many great points on the head. Like I can't. I can't even talk about just one. I mean, so many. I'm I'm overwhelmed. It, everything you said is so true. There's so much that we don't understand. And I'm hoping with this podcast, we can, I don't know, with my guests who, are, who have all been awesome. You are clearly leaps and bounds of like <laughs> ahead of a lot of people because you're so, I guess, aka today's kids word is woke. <laughs> you right. have, you, <laughs> you, you understand what it means. And, you know, you're, you're, you say you're definitely college educated. Do you have a master's degree? Or are you like, what's your background? My gosh. <laughs> I have a master's degree and a PhD. Of course. I was like, there's no way this guy is like a <laughs> uh, thing. But what the, the worst part about, I mean, I'm of color, but I'm not black. But I do live in areas that are, you know, history um, puts it as, you know, the ghetto. <laughs> and I have many, I have many black acquaintances. I've worked with many black people, their experience of life is way different than someone who is not of color, obviously. But throw on top of that, you're a cross-dresser. So I've only, I would only imagine you putting yourself in that public eye, like you were saying, um, you don't want to post anything online or anything on social media because there is even more fear of stigmatization or fear of pushback from whomever that, you know, you could be, you know, liable for whatever, right? There's that thing. But I don't know how you feel about that. I, you know, Giselle, I actually, I, I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. I think the thing about it is being in that mindset 
of looking, I always look like as I look at photos of, of fellow crossdressers and, and admire and cherish their admire them and cherish their courage. I always wonder, will I look at someone and say, I know you now mm. I would be proud. I, I absolutely would, would be proud and I would embrace that person and say, I'm, I'm so proud of you because you've inspired me to tell you about myself. But that's the fear. That's the concern. I always go back to one question, and I have a dear friend of mine who is a cross-dresser, and we communicate via phone, and, and the question that we always ask several times in our conversation, who did you hurt being a cross-dresser? Hmm. Who, who was so bothered? What did you do to disrupt society being a cross-dresser? And, we, and it's, it's definitely rhetorical, uh, but we just ask one another that and, and really we're asking we're asking one another that but we're truly asking society by saying but who did we hurt what what was wrong what was wrong if i took money that i earned and i chose to treat myself to a dress bra panties shapewear shoes a wig mm-hmm. whatever just as i would a uh, suit a tie a belt, some form of hardware to work on a project or buying chemicals for a pool, whatever the case may be. What's wrong with that? I didn't mm-hmm. steal money. I haven't asked any, I haven't, I haven't embarrassed anybody. I'm, when I'm cross-dressed, I do my very, very best to present as a lady. So I'm not demeaning anyone. I'm not seeking any sexual gratification. I'm not looking to harm anyone or gross anyone out and i'm not doing none of i'm doing none of those things in fact what i would what i hope i would be doing and what younger kids if you will seem to be doing a good job of and hopefully they will continue to carry the torch is doing those things for me and it it, honest ironically enough i'm old enough to be a parent of a teen but yet the teens are holding the torch for me saying yeah, I wore a dress to school. What about it? Mm-hmm. And it seems like it will be the other way around, that I would have held the torch for them to say, no, it's okay. If you want to wear a dress, you wear a dress. You go ahead. Right. right. But they're holding the torch for me. So I can't help but feel the need to empower younger people. I'm not old by any stretch of the imagination, but empower younger people to be able to say, you should be able to wear these things and as long as you can do the job or as long as you can score high on the exam, as long as you can do the academic work or, or the career work, who cares what you do? I don't, I right. don't, that's fine. No problem. Hey, if that's what you want to do. And in many ways we do it now, there are people who like baseball and they have coworkers who hate baseball, but they work well together. <laughs> yeah. You have people who say, I, I absolutely, I don't like sweaters. They don't work for me. They're scratchy. They're itchy. And some people say, I, I, I love sweaters and I wear them. I'd wear them year round if weather didn't change. Well, what's the difference? And what, what happens? So if one says, I like to wear a dress or I have whatever preference and why am I suddenly not okay to work with? And, and it's just, it's the most interesting thing. And, and if there have been many days in the office where I, I want to tell people, you have no idea that I have a girl right now. Mm-hmm. 
I, I just I, I want to say that there's so many days I want to say that. And they would go, oh, my gosh. And I'm thinking, but before I told you, you knew nothing. Right. Right. I think it comes down to the and it's, you know, basic so- sociology, right? Like something's out of the norm. Something's not right here. I must make it right by reverting back to, you know, homeostasis back to where we are, our baseline. We this is how society should be. And we're constantly evolving as society, although, you know, there's outside forces that try to get us back to where we once were, which is stupid. <laughs> we should constantly evolve and change and become new human beings. And I agree with you. We should if we should embrace the differences like yeah, you like to wear a dress. Yeah, you like to wear a bra underneath. That's that's your thing. You're not hurting me. But some people are offended. Like, oh wow, how could you wear such a dress in public? You're you're causing a scene. It's like, wait, what? No, you're causing a scene because you're <laughs> because you want to cause a scene because this is affecting you somehow. It's it's ridiculous. The craziest thing, if if I were to drive down the street at a hundred miles per hour, mm-hmm. and you were to walk past me and others as I was driving in a dress in a wig, which we know you don't wear wigs because you say they're scratchy and they make you sweat. Yeah, so scratchy. <laughs> but if you were in a dress in a wig and people saw me and you at the same time, you would be more of a bad guy than I would be. Yeah. yeah. And they would say, well, at least he p- flew by and then they would say, well, he's just, but he's just dragging this out and he's taking us through. Why does he have to put this in front of us? Well, is is your safety more important <laughs> to you yeah. or is your inability to accept the fact that there's somebody that's different mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's if you if suddenly that's more important than your safety then there are a lot of other questions and and we're in an interesting time now Giselle because right now we're we're seeing women be told well you can't be in charge of all aspects of your body and your health. And mm. I, I, I pause and sometimes ask, well, am I next? Yeah. Are we going to those laws that say, yeah. well, you can go to jail because you had on a dress. Yeah. You presented as something other than what you were born. Oh my gosh. Oh God. I know. Oh, to think Ugh. that's a scary thought, Giselle. It is. You're telling me that's why I'm like, Oh, that's why I was wondering where you're from, because I was like, I hope you don't live. I mean, you know, not not ragging on the South, but there's some things in in America, especially in those southern states that make you th- rethink. But it's not saying that all of them think that way. It's just the majority of people that are elected or whatnot, you know, are are passing these laws or, you know, making these things like what? Wait, I thought we got rid of that. <laughs> Hold on. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, it's like the yeah, like you're talking about. You know, with transgender laws that are being passed that are whole, you know, fully against people of who are not, you know, who identify as male or female or, you know, of the trans. uh, It's scary. It's very scary. It it, it is. And I'm I'm believe it or not, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. So it's Mm -hmm. it's it, it does hit home because I look around and say to people. That's that's one part of the South. I don't believe in restricting people from doing things that they see are sound judgments for themselves. I I just don't. I think that when a person, I I think we are unfortunately allowing some individuals who should be policed 
go run free and do what they want. Mm-hmm. Yep. And individuals who are not bothering anyone are being policed and unnecessarily, I might add. And you have to ask, well, where does your order of importance lie? I just don't understand what that is. Why do I, why do I have to, if I say I want to go to a movie theater, why, and I say, you know what, I've, I've got on a, a, a very nice dress or a very nice pair of jeans or and a sweater and I, my makeup is flawless and my wig is flawless and I'm presenting, I'm carrying myself appropriately. Why should I have to change to go to a movie theater? Why should I have to disrobe and say, okay, well, let me put, let me be male self and go to the movie theater. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Why is that an issue? Mm -hmm. For some reason, we, that's one of the things. And and I think that cross-dressers are probably some of the most law-abiding citizens among (laughs) others. Yeah. We have to think, we have to think twice. Yeah. (laughs) We have to say, well, Am I going this? And not that I'm not minding my my speed limit when I'm my male self. I, am I minding my speed limit? Did I put on my blinker? Where mm-hmm. am I? And I look around. I've got to look before <laughs> across the street. I've got to right. see who's coming. I, I, I mean, we're doing all of these <laughs> things. And if yeah, we did yeah. them as our male self, we wouldn't even give them a second thought. Yeah. Hope <laughs> it's because just if it's just common action or common thought that we do those things in our subconscious but when we're dressed as our female selves the subconscious is seems like it goes on holding or or, or maybe it brings up to life because that in addition to what i'm already thinking is on hyper alert yeah agreed and this is why it's funny i think if your wife heard you right now and you talk about how the subconscious, like you understand almost, I wouldn't say fully, but you understand what it feels like a little bit to be like a woman because now you're thinking, okay, which is what women think all the time, which I could never live as a woman. I mean, I've thought about it and thought about those things, but like, it's hard to be a woman to live in any, anywhere in the world. On top of that, a woman of color or on top of that, it depends, you know, because transgender women are one of the most, you know, violently abused or attacked uh, number of you know victims of you know sexual assault or of rape or whatnot. Um, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate. That's accounted. You know, and they and they, those numbers aren't even like all of accounted for because some of them are never reported or they don't report these women as transgender or as women at all. Um, or that you know, police kind of just hide under. You know, they're like, oh, these these aren't crimes or whatever. You're like, what? But it's hard to be a woman and like you said, to try and follow rules and try to be, you know, the best person you can be and still try to be living functionally. It's really hard. It is. It's, it's an amazing feat. And so if you think about it, I guess one, one way to say that, or as I, as I listen to what you say, I translate it. It's hard enough being a woman. Totally agree. I think women are just strong beyond measure. But that being said, what male would wake up and say, you know, I am a woman, I was born in the wrong body, or I am a woman who happens to present as male, I don't want to change my male self, but I want to acknowledge my female self, or I 
realize that there's something that's not right and I and and something about this male persona that's not all me or not me at all and I'm going to change it. Who would wake up one day when they have this epiphany or even just a mere thought and say I'm going to go through with it and <laughs> it not be who they naturally are. So to piggyback on top of the strength of women when you think about somebody like yourself or me and the I'm sure millions of others who fall somewhere in that transgender spectrum and have the courage to say, this is what I'd like to do. I don't care if it's going to a store and saying, I'm going to buy my first bra. The courage that it takes to be able to do that is immense. Yeah. Tremendous. Yeah. It's immense. Even if you, even if a person were to go home and say, and I'm going to be inside the confines of my home and express this part of my personality. Mm -hmm. It's immense. It takes immense courage. And so again, not shelving the strength of women, but praising the strength of women and then saying for anybody who looks at someone uh, with it, and I don't just want to say male to female transgender, because that's very one sided female to male transgender who anybody who's bucking that gender spectrum and saying, I choose not to be pushed on one side of this line. Or if I do decide to go to the other side of the line, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it because that's what best fits me. That's strength. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's immense strength. And, and I think that as people look with such disdain amongst the transgendered spectrum, if people could stop and realize it takes a heck of a lot of courage to be able to say, I'm going to start acknowledging this. And you did a show on purging. Oh, yeah. That's the, yeah, I was going to talk about that. Yeah. It, it gutted me like a fish. <laughs> I have, I've gone through four pairs of breast forms and my breast forms by no stretch of the imagination. Cheap. I've gone through thousands of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> thousands of dollars of gone because like you, I said, I'm going to throw this stuff away. I'm not ever going to do it again. I'm done. It's not, mm -hmm. me, anymore. It's not me anymore. But who can, who can go against their true self? No one. Right. People who go against their true self have, have their cases where, that show where people couldn't be honest with themselves and they lose it. Mm -hmm. One, whatever way, shape, or form, they absolutely lose it. I, I'm done with that. I'm absolutely done. Now, what changed? What made you stop? Purging. What made you say, "All right, Kira, this is it. We're going to be Kira from now on. No more trash can. No more thrown away." What? 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 What was the turning point? Gosh, the turning point was sitting down one day, and there's a documentary, an old documentary called "All Dressed Up with No Place to Go." And well, it's old in the sense that it was made in 1996, and it can be found on Amazon Prime. But nonetheless, that. And the book, uh, My Husband Wears My Clothes by Dr. Peggy Rudd. And reading that again and re reading that book and looking at that just made me say to myself, you know what? Just stop it. Stop it. You're fighting nature and you can't. You can't fight nature anymore. You're not going to. And that, in addition to the beautiful items, I mean, it just, I don't mean to sound crass when I say this, but just beautiful things that meant something to me. And they're gone and in a dumpster. And, and what dumpster I could go to and grab that box and dust it off or 
phrase it down and get those things out, I would go. I would go there because it's not, again, it's not about, it's not a fetish. It's imagine how would you feel if someone threw away whatever uh, your prized possession is out beyond your identity as Giselle? What if somebody threw it away or you threw it away? I'd kill myself. (laughs) I'd be so mad. So it's, that's what it's like. I mean, it, pur- purging is painful. And, but the, mm-hmm. and the purge, the initial, pur- when the purge itself is not painful. It's the reality that those things are gone. It's the reality that you have, and, and in my case, I bought some things that I, I, I cannot find them. In. I can't find them. And if I do, and the, those one or two things that I have found, they probably cost five, six times what it did when I had, when I got them. Right. And, and, and some of those purchases have been uh, those, some of those things I've had to bite the bullet and say, I'm getting it. And it's just when you look back and you ask yourself, why did you do this to yourself? And it's not, it's not just a monetary thing. It's, it, it's saying I'm getting rid of myself. Am I going to throw me away? Am I going to go mm-hmm. throw my dumpster and say, okay, I'll wait until the, 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 until pickup day comes and throw, be thrown into an incinerator and, cast aside and turn to ash i don't want that now now would you have always purged if you had been accepted by somebody a friend i was i always think about that had i was think had i told people earlier about my about giselle or had i told had i been more open about it would i ever have purged do you feel that way at all i had i had a few friends who accepted me when i purged i did i had a few friends that accepted me when i purged and that never factored into my rationale that never was anything that i could say okay that's going to stop me because so-and-so says that it's okay or so-and-so i have so-and-so support it never did that for me it was always the cusp or or, or the uh, new relationship with a with a young lady and i said you know what gotta turn the leaf and that's not going to be me anymore i'm going to let that go so i don't want to bring that into the relationship And, and the reality is I always would, and it, and it for and like so many others, and people ask and they say, "Well, what makes you have that desire?" So how could you go two or three weeks without dressing, and then suddenly you say, "I can't hold out any longer," mm. and all the time I don't know. It could be a trigger. At one point in time, there was a I was happily married, no infidelity, no nothing like that, but there was a lady who. She wore the nicest clothes. She was so well put together. And I went into a, it, my in my psyche went into a fury, and I was like, "I've got to get, I've got to go, I've got to dress today, today, this second. And, and I don't know what it was, but I think it was the fact that she was so well put together, and she was just a beautiful lady and a very nice lady. And there was just she was. I didn't. I don't even know her name. But every time I would see her in the lobby of the of our building, so well put together, and I'm I'm I've got to go dress right now. Mm-hmm. A little jealousy, huh? <laughs> or envy, probably. More envy, envy, and and respect, and just paying homage to say, "Me too." I'm trying. Me too. And so. It- no different than somebody who says, "Oh, I, I want to em- emulate my favorite athlete or or my favorite right. on a right. cooking show 
and I'm going to try and make that dish or I'm going to try and play the way my favorite athlete plays. It, it, what's the difference? Right. That's the original. Yes. Right. And when you see somebody like, yeah, you girl. Yes. And then you kind of want to do that kind of emulate, like you said, emulate it and just be that person. You just say that that's me. I'm, I'm going with that. What is um? what is your style, Kira? I don't know. What do you wear usually that you're like, you know, that you have a style? Do you have a fashion sense that you go to? Taxi dresses. I'm I'm the, I would say, 40s professional. <laughs> the 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 mid 40s professional, the mom, the career mom. Yeah. And it's as boring as it sounds. It's exhilarating. Yeah. Now, I know you said your wife doesn't participate. Do you wish she would? Or how does that work in your household that you're able to be Kira, but she's just like, ah, that's just, that's just my husband. Or how does that work? I just, I keep the two separate. So that means that there are some times where I have to go without, as, as I call it, acknowledging Kira. I have to say, okay, I just can't. But when that time permits, I do. And so uh, I reward myself for putting my family and my wife and my children first. And in those times when I have, when I have time to quote unquote reward myself, I do. Uh, do you wish you could dress more then? Yes. Yes. And so how often do you dress then? Is it once a week, twice a week, only when she's not home? <laughs> like Once or twice a week. And so it can be, it could be underdressing. It could, if there's enough time, then I will kind of go full throttle. And full throttle is what? What does full throttle to you mean? Wig, wig, makeup, everything down. Uh, yeah, wig, makeup, every, uh, dress, everything. Yeah. yeah. Does that mean shaving as well? Does that mean hairless? Does that mean toenails? Does that mean... I keep manicures and pedicures, but I, I don't paint my hands or my toes, but, uh, but they're very neatly manicured. Hairless, most body hair, I just personal preference is just to not have it. So it kind of works out. And it, so it's not like I have to go through a, a, it's always a production, as you know, but it's, yeah. it's not building the stage. I kind of, so I, if you will, I always, sometimes I say, I have a stage. I just have to go and get the actors and the actresses. And, <laughs> yeah. But I don't have to build the stage. As far as clothes and other makeup, do you buy that yourself? Do you go online? Do you go in the store is do you have your wife buy it for you online i buy online and i will go to the store and there are times uh, periodically it depends on where i am i go in as kira i have not done that recently would you but, like to though oh gosh yes <laughs> oh absolutely faster than you could say go <laughs> now is that is that just uh because you you have a fear of going by by yourself would you go with other crossdressers would you I would, but ironically enough, and I can, and this is the craziest thing, I have never seen another crossdresser. I'm sorry, what? I've never seen another crossdresser in person. What? Where, where in the East Coast are you? That's my other question. Like, you said you're in the East Coast. Like, where exactly? Uh, Philadelphia. Philly? There's no crossdressers in Philly? What? They, they are. <laughs> I have just never seen another one. Interesting. Interesting. Just never seen another one. So it's. I think my one of my things on my bucket list is to go to a convention. Oh yes, but going back to what you're saying, I shop online. I would I sometimes go as Kira, and if I go as my male self, and uh, I'm asked one of those leading questions, uh, 
this will be nice for the wife, then I have no problems <laughs> for me. And thank you. I, I'm sure I'll enjoy it too. <laughs> Do you have any um, stores you like to go to online or in brick and mortar stores that you like? Lane, Lane Bryant is is favorite uh, for obvious reasons. Lane Bryant, yeah. Gotta go there. Wait a minute. Shout out to your store, Fashion Nova. <laughs> Fashion Nova. Yes. Love Fashion Nova. Love Fashion Nova. Let's see. What else? Um, stores that I shop. Um, there's a, um, they primarily sell bras, but there's a website called Her Room that I probably camp out. I don't think I could buy another. But if I, with the, the model bra that I wear, if I were to buy another color, then it would kind of going back to purge. And once you purge and then you say, wait a minute, I've got to recoup and you <laughs> double and triple time. So I probably have about, oh, I don't know, 30 bras. And... Wow, 30 bras. <laughs> but then you start collecting things. And that's what's interesting is you start collecting things, which is why, again, to purge is such a painful thing because those are things, especially when I first started out, gosh, this, I finally got a steady paycheck and I can do something. And it was just a reward to myself for the hard work and for all those times that I couldn't do what I wanted to. So I just said, okay. And then you start collecting things. And so collect more than anything. They're like, yeah, they're, they're like precious mementos, if you will. <laughs> now, let me, can I ask just a side note? What is your PhD in? <laughs> Interesting that you should ask that. So it's in social science, but with of a course. <laughs> Because I was like, you sound so informed, and you also sound so like willing to talk about it. It almost sounded like you were <laughs> you you knew way more about the subject than your average layman. But that never intersected with. So my life as a crossdresser never intersected with with my studies. It was just I wanted to know. I wanted if, for the longest, and and I think a lot of us ask, "What's wrong with me?" Yep, always. What 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 what's wrong with me? Why am I so different? And like I said, my male persona and my female persona could not be more different. Okay, all right. Well, I have to ask, what is male Kira and what's female Kira like? You have to explain to me and the rest of the podcast. Well, what are the differences? Oh, my gosh. Bourbon, cigars. <laughs> That's male Kira, right? A male Kira. The bourbon, cigars, football, lots of golf. Yeah. Trucks. And, I mean, just like huge trucks. Um, female Kira is pretty wigs, lingerie, and, and not just no lingerie that's like risque. It's just, I don't know. Kira, Kira's like mid 40 year old mother, professional career mother. And it's probably like the, I'll give you a perfect example. It's like Claire Huxtable meets June Cleaver. I love it. That's, <laughs> I love that. That's great. That's the best way to put that. Claire Huxtable meets June Cleaver in the body of Jill Scott. Oh, nice. Oh, I love Jill Scott, by the way. Love her. That's, that's Kira. That's Kira, yeah. I think in, a, in not, not that my spouse is not perfect in every way, but I think that I, I think the best way to say it is my male and female persona in another life or husband and wife. That was exactly my next question. I was like, would you say that male Kira would would be married or dating, dating female Kira. Yes. I think some of Kira imitates my spouse. I, I think oh, it, yeah. Okay. That's very, in, in my mind, that's a very big compliment to her saying, I'm not trying to be you, 
but at the same time, there are things that things about you that just are so spot on in my eyes of mm-hmm. what perfect is. And so that's uh-huh. I've explained that to her. I've explained. Yeah, I was going to say, how does she not? Why does she not? What? Who would not love you more if, I, if you said that to what? She, she respects it, but it's yeah. So um, Kira is a, is is an homage. It, a lot of Kira's perspective and mannerisms are reflective of my wife. Oh, reflective of your mommy's head? Of my wife. Of, oh, my of your wife. wife, sorry, of your wife. But yeah, Claire Huxtable meets June Cleaver. Perfect. Oh, body of Jill Scott. Love it. Body of Jill Scott. Yeah, I'm so amazed that your wife wouldn't. She just doesn't want to listen to it, or she's just like puts in the back, back burner and just does like, oh, if it's there. Like, who would not want. Like if if that's a part of you and your wife is married to you, you would think that they would want to I don't know learn more about that person or understand that person more. I don't know. No, I I hope that in time that that I and I think that I my genuine belief is that as we get older, there will be more of the guard that is lowered. Right. They get to know one another, and it's not. And I wouldn't push. To, I'm not trying to to push anything on her that would make her uncomfortable. Right. It's just it, as we get older, and as you and, and others who are, I would assume, are behind me in age. As you get older, you'll realize I'm not going to put her away. I'm going to go grab her more. I'm going to going to acknowledge my female self. I can't suppress her because. And I always say that when Kira gets angry with me, that's when I, I find myself like really just desperate because she's angry. She's saying, you put me away for too long. I'm not going to let you put me away. You've got to acknowledge me somehow. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a struggle. And I think that if I, couldn't, if I couldn't rationalize that, then the purges would still take place. The, mm. the verbal degradation to, to myself would still take place questioning my rationale who do you why are you why are you not able to repress this thought right realize that you're not going to Mm -hmm. i wish that i could reach out to others who feel like well i've got to push part of me away and so when people read things and say well if you really focused and if you focused on your spiritual life you could end your cross-dressing and i want to say that's a blatant lie. You, you, yeah. but in the sense that you say, I'm not going to do it, but at what cost? Right. Cost is immense. Good points. Jeez. Man, so much to, so much to like dig into. So are you considering finally posting some photos online, even if it's just like your booty pics or, your, you know, people post a lot of leg photos. That's very interesting. It's just like their lower half, but they're, you know. Think about it to me, that, lead, that leads towards fetish. And so, it, it, mm, I, good point. Anybody to think, well, you have a leg fetish? No, I, I, I don't. Not, not in a cross-dressing sense. No. Mm-hmm. In my male self, yeah, sure, absolutely. I love yeah. to look. <laughs> yeah, but as as my, I am considering it. I, I have to be honest. I am considering it, considering it strongly. And I think the deal right now, the deal, the unsigned deal that I have with myself is to do so after a professional make makeover. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of those. I, I can't wait to have a, a guest that does that. Uh, or, I mean, um, one of those, like, 
I'll have to interview one of those people. I'll, I'll reach out to them and see if they'd like to be on the podcast. And well, you, all you have to do is go to any Matt counter, and I'm sure you would probably have four or five guests for your next podcast. Yeah, <laughs> on the show. Oh yeah, they will. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, I was I, another episode I was thinking about doing is going to a store and interviewing one of these like you know lingerie stores, one of these you know sex toy stores of just interviewing like people like, hey, what's what do you see crossdressers wear, or what do you like? What is the best tips that you can offer? Because that's what this podcast is for. I've re- I've gotten so much feedback, which is awesome. This is exactly what I was trying to do. Because if you like, I've told other guests like if you go on like Apple Podcast or Spotify and you look up crossdressing, the only one before mine was like this random like ugh this Bible this Bible. Well, I'm nothing wrong with the Bible, but no, no, I just... their interpretation of the like crossdressing was well back then. If it's if crossdressing is deemed Dude. okay in society, it's wrong, and then Dude, you're wrong, me. and God won't accept you. I was like, what? Exactly. How? So my my thing is this, and I and and people don't like to hear this. And I said the two things to your very point. Well, I'll say three. one, in and to and it may sound really crazy, but in your own way, not to be not to be religious, but you have your own. You 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 are a ministry. What your work is a ministry, and yeah. so I would encourage you to continue to do what you're doing. The other thing is when people say, "Well, the Bible says." And people always go to Deuteronomy 22.5. That's the, that's the one that everybody goes. And I'll say, I am very much a spiritual person, but I also am wise enough to know that over history, the Bible has been translated many times. So right. while I do believe that you should be able to focus your life and base your life on something, whether it's God, uh, Buddha, just a spiritual being of, of goodness and, and wholesomeness to all mankind, whatever that is, you should do that. But many people, but religion has been translated many times. So that's the second thing I say. And then the third thing I say to people who do quote that particular chapter, verse, uh, cha- uh, uh, book of the Bible, chapter and verse, I always say, so what you're telling me is very perfect God that we that you and I, if I'm communicating with someone who is also a believer, believing made a mistake when he or she made me. Right. You just contradicted yourself as well. Right, right. I'm not perfect. I'm not. I'm not imperfect. I'm not perfect, but I'm not imperfect in my makeup. It's, it's not possible. Right. It's not. Now, I could, I could do things and, and have actions that would be very much against the law morality um, and that would that would be imperfect i can do those things but those are things that i either made the decision to do or i learned and acted upon them but when we anyone comes into this world we're not imperfect and when i was four years old jumping up and down on the bed in a pair of fire engine red panties watching sesame street I wasn't imperfect. <laughs> I was I imperfect. Who told no, told me to do that? That was something that was sparked in my brain. And I wish I think Eddie Izzard says it best. He says that, you know what? I'm I, I'm, I was born this way and he's willing to allow people to. I, I don't know if it's a psychologist or a neurologist. He's willing to work with people to say, I'll show you that being a crossdresser or transvestite. Some people still use it as such a dated term. That is not something that I chose, but it's something that I am. Right. Yeah, I, I, there's no there, there's no mistake. Nobody who, again, going back to what I said before, who wakes up and says, oh, yeah, 
I'm going to do something that's going to make my life really, really, really hard. Yeah. Part of society. That's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. No yeah. one does that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good point. Gosh, so much you've talked about. Uh, thank you for coming on to the podcast. I'm so. Absolutely. I'm more than happy to have done so. And I, I really appreciate you and the work that you're doing and, and your openness and your thoughtfulness and, be, and your willingness to give of yourself and say, I'm going to tell people a, a little bit about me so that they can learn a lot about them. Yeah, I think that's what it takes. The more honest we are with ourselves. And I mean, fortunately, I'm doing it in public. <laughs> Uh, and doing it on a public forum that anyone can hear, anyone can listen, anyone can relate to. And people have just reached out and it's been, it's been awesome. Like just being, just hearing people tell me, Oh my, you know, I'm so thankful for your podcast. Cause my boyfriend has come out to me or, you know, you've helped me and inspired me to do this through that. I'm just like, that's what it, you know, that's what it should take. And like you said, if there's colored crossdresser, colored people out there who do crossdress or, people who are underserved or the minorities who don't think that there are people out there who feel like they're isolated and there's no one else in the world that feels the way they do. I, I assure you there are other people out there who are looking for answers, who are discovering more and more about themselves. And if it takes my podcast or, you know, for you to come on the podcast to say, Hey, I'm here, I'm colored, I'm tall, I'm different than your, you know, cause what you see online is the, the perfect crossdresser who passes who has passing privilege, who, you know, who's white or who's Asian, who has feminine features. You're like, wait, I'm not that. Is there something wrong with me? You know, either that person or the person who's got all their man parts out for you to see and says, I'm a crossdresser. And I'm thinking (laughs) what I am, because I wouldn't do that. I've never thought of that. And I'm not condemning anybody who wants to do that. If that's what you do, that's fine. But it's, you really narrow the scope for those of us who say, No, I just want to be the best Claire Huxtable June Cleaver imitation I can be. (laughs) Right, right. That's all I'm I'm trying to be the best career mom I can actually be. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. Like the problem with like the internet and social media is we always want we always want to compare ourselves to something. And it's like you can't do that. You have to compare yourself to who you were or who you were a week ago or yesterday or today. Like just better yourself. And people like that. People like to see, you know raw or see raw or just see you you improve but then don't, that's the problem then you start comparing yourself well if giselle does that should i be doing it? i was like no that's what i do you don't have to do copy you. me do what you do and and you'll be a heck of a lot happier it's it's i think one thing that uh, you mentioned that you have ladies who come on the show or contact you and say oh my boyfriend and my husband just came out to me as a crossdresser but i think if those women took a step back and said you know my husband my boyfriend has a lot of quality average guy doesn't have my husband slash boyfriend is caring thoughtful uh, welcoming open-minded endearing unselfish and you start looking at all of these things this is where i say it's i think the crossdresser makes the perfect spouse because right quality Ah. of a male and a female Yep, ah. as a myth. That's the perfect spouse. And, ah. and over yeah. and over again. Oh, you remembered my birthday. Well, how could I forget? You thought about me this morning. You remembered I wanted a cup of coffee. You remembered I wanted tea. You remember I said I wanted salmon two weeks ago, and here it is. 
You always think about me. Well, that's my female self kicking in. Yeah. What what wife wouldn't want a Claire Huxtable June Cleaver like spouse, significant other? That's the most caring person. Because I'm, I'm being my natural self. <laughs> it just it's it's I'm, and that's when ladies say, Oh, I could never deal with that. So do you want him to hit you <laughs> weekly? Right, right. Right. Do you want him to abuse you and steal yeah, and hurt your kids and Right. You, like right. what? Do you or, or or do you want that guy that's and she says, Oh my gosh, I've gotta go shopping. Can we? Yeah, I'll help. Look, I'll 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 help you choose the right things and we can find color coding like we can what? Like I think you we... absolutely. You know, when women say, Well, I just can't handle that, and I'll say, Well, well what, what tell me what you're looking for. Like what do you want? Yeah. Because he was really cool until he told you this. And uh, I agree. And I, again, and I'll, I talk about this in media, but I'll talk about this in another future episode, which I love about this podcast. And you can talk about so much that encompasses gender and cross-dressing, but like TV portrays these families, like these dads who are like, who are only machismo and like play football or, you know, these other things. But like, no, like dads can care about, you know, traditionally feminine things. Like they can care what their daughter, you know, how her hair looks and what dresses she's like. And yeah. They can care about their son's feelings and their wife's who like, I don't know. There's other, you know, ah. I mean, and so I feel like I'm in a, I'm in a perfect storm. If I could just come almost a perfect storm. I have three daughters and a wife and I'm thinking, can there just be, can it, can I be four? Can I be four out of five? Can I be, can there be four of you? And, and then, me, me, the fifth. Some days, and then some other days, can it can we just be the five of us girls hanging out? Because I, I'll make a great fifth. Yeah. <laughs> it, I'll make a great fifth. I want it. I won't let you down. <laughs> so you said you ha- you have three girls. You said three. Now, how old are your girls? So my girls are twenty, twelve, wow. and ten. Now, let me ask you this. And this is a, a question I end most of my podcast guests with. In a perfect world with relation to sex and gender, what does that look like to you? And I'll ask that in relation also to your daughters. Like, if they found out that you were a cross-dresser or if you revealed to them about that, is that, we'll, we'll, we'll go with the first one, but how do you feel about that? How do I feel about, well, th- there are a number of questions there. So the first one would be what? In a perfect world with relation to sex and gender, what does that look like to you? A world where love stands out more than physical compatibility. So do two people love one another? Yes. Are they compatible? Yes. Okay, after that, then I think you should bring in gender. So if it's two men, if it's two women, then that's fine. If it's a trans woman and a gender... naturally born female fine if it's a trans woman and a naturally born male fine trans man whatever the case be i don't i think the perfect world with with in case of in terms of gender is whoever makes you happy i i i couldn't have been happier when pete when all people could get married in 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 this country Uh, why not I, I don't understand why not why 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 couldn't all people get married until less than 10 years ago i have a very dear friend of mine, he and his husband. As a matter of fact, we were we were classmates in, in graduate school. He and his husband were 
that acknowledged themselves as husbands before the law was passed, and they immediately took off to New York and got as soon as they could could do so. And it was amazing, fantastic to see them be able to have the same rights and privileges that I have, and right. just be I choose to be with the person that I love. That's fair. So that's it for me. It doesn't. It, it's nothing more, nothing less. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's nothing more, nothing less. Oh, and then how about your daughters? So they're 20, 12, and 10? Is that what you said? 12 and 10. If they found out about Kira and that Kira's their mom or Kira's their dad or whatever <laughs> um, name you want to put at it or put on it, what? how would you feel about that? Would you be scared? Would you be welcoming of it? Or would you be okay with that? A bit fearful, but I think that they realize who I am in their lives. I think that they would be understanding enough to know that they would say, hey, you're still dad and doesn't make you any different. And that probably explains why you're so understanding about a lot of things I tell you. Mm-hmm. And would you ever tell them or would you want them to find out? Would your wife be upset that they found out? With- upset initially that they, that they found out. It, I would talk. I would talk with her about it before I did that. Yeah. Well, you seem like an awesome dad and an awesome Claire Huxtable type mom. <laughs> so I could imagine that would be a great conversation. Well, I appreciate it. And we're ending right at the right time because I've got a work call coming in. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kira, for being on the podcast. You're an amazing guest. You have such great insight about everything, about yourself and your family. And, and geez, there's so much in there that I can't, I don't know what to touch on or what to finish on. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you too. Thanks so much, Giselle. And now it's time for Kirsten's Corner. In this Kirsten's Corner, we talk about bras. Kirsten's Corner. <laughs> She's going to do that every time. You think of something better. Uh, you, uh, no. Nope. That's pretty good. I'll Kirsten's Corner. No, that's the first. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Kirsten's Corner. And this week we talk about bra sizing. So... What's new with your bra, babe? Okay, so you guys, I recently just switched to, I've been like fluctuating. Well, I did lose like a little bit of weight, so I don't know if that made a difference. But I've recently switched to a 38 double D because first, okay, so at first I was at like. Well, start with what, what was your original bra size and how did you find out what's your like? Okay, so like my band size, because my, the band was always like really tight. So like maybe I need to go to like 40. But then I, so I first went to 40D, but then it's like, I always felt the cups were too big or if to me, it felt like the cups were too big. So I was like, okay, well maybe I just need a smaller cup size, same band size. So then I switched to 40C, but then my nips kept popping out and I'm like, okay, that's not right. You could see it's like over the shirt and there's like a little, you know, anyway. So then I switched to 38 double D and that's really working for me right now. So for those unfamiliar, what are D's and C's and what are those like? So the A, the B, the C, the double D reference the cup size. So like how big your cup is. And even within that, there's like having a, like a low C cup or a full C cup where if you're on the smaller side or the bigger side, it also depends on the shape of your boob, but it's also different. Like I get all those again, targeted ads about, Oh, what kind of boobs you have? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Anyway, 
So one thing that's also crazy is I've gone to Victoria's Secret and had them size me too. But it's, I don't know if it depends on the bra that I'm wearing at the time or or the bra that they're measuring me for. But this bitch is like, oh, I think you're actually a 38G. And I was like, no, I'm not a G for sure. Like, these are not Gs. Anyway. I say, oh, Gs to them, you know, the boobs. Like, oh, Gs, you know? Gs. Oh. Jesus. Oh, gosh, please. <laughs> So anyway, right now where I'm at, I feel pretty good about that. But then I feel like because I'm trying to lose weight right now. And I think that hopefully just my band size goes down. But maybe my cup size will go down too. I don't know. I don't feel great about that. But it's fine, I guess. What do you look for in a bra? So I've actually, the last few years, I've kind of only been wearing front closure bras as much as I can. Just because I always feel like my straps fall down which is really annoying. And like sometimes you can look in pictures and you can see my straps like hanging out under my sleeve and it's like kind of annoying. So I just want straps that stay up and then I like to have a wide band in the back because my back fat sometimes I don't like to stick out. But then since I switched to the double D, it kind of helps because there's more room. The cup has more room for my boob and I don't need as much for the band. I don't know if that makes sense. So with respect to your breasts, your boobs do you like having bigger boobs like um, do bigger boobs make you feel feminine or make you feel like thing or is it just like bad for your back because you know some crossdressers some of them just like wearing big boobs like having big boob or big bras or whatever like the cups are bigger so it just shows they have bigger boobs i, I think know. i liked having bigger boobs when i was younger because they were still pretty perky up there and now they're not as much especially because like my weight has fluctuated so much so I think I don't mind it. I think I always used to really like having big boobs, especially when I was younger. And I used to wear like a lot of low cut stuff. But I think as I get older, I don't really care about that. I kind of just want them to be like secure. But I think it just depends because some people like sometimes, you know, if you see pictures of boobs or porn or whatever, like or on Game of Thrones, there's like boobs everywhere. Even small cups, but really nice boobs, you know, just like really small boobs still look really nice. So I think it just depends. Mm-hmm. But you don't have a. I mean, would you prefer to have perkier boobs? Yeah. Smaller boobs? Bigger boobs? I think maybe perkier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. What do you, what's your worst type of bra? Like, what's the bra that you hate wearing? Because, you know, it's like, what, kind of, what type of bras do you own? Are there sports bras? Okay, so, like, I wish... So, a reason why I would want to have smaller bras is just because... Man, like bralettes or like lacy, like cute bras for people with smaller chests. It's, those are so cute. Or like you wear like a tank top and like you're just like showing your bra. I'm like, oh, that's so cute. But it doesn't look as cute when you have like a fucking big ass bra, you know, because I can't really wear like bralettes. Like they're kind of like not as What's high a bralette? Up. Sorry. It's like a minimal coverage, but it's just like lacy, you know, I don't know. Do you like, um, do you like wearing like lingerie type of bras are there or like i think i i I don't like them so like for bathing suits it's really hard for me to find a good bathing suit because i'd rather i'd like a lot of lift or like a push-up you Mm -hmm. know because again like i have big boobs but they're not as you know high up anymore Mm -hmm. so i think finding a bathing suits like harder for me but i actually recommend amazon a lot for bra shopping because they have a lot of good stuff or even bathing suit shopping they have a lot of stuff that like i've liked Mm-hmm. So is how much do you normally spend for a bra? So I use Amazon. So like my actually fav- my favorite bras, I forgot the brands, but 
those are 20 18 to 20 dollars and they last pretty well but i've gotten some victoria's secret i think victoria's secret's like overrated you know mm-hmm. like i think there's better ones even some of the online sellers like lively i've recently bought stuff from and i like them and i always see uh, third love is one that i see what is that so I haven't bought I haven't bought from them yet, but Third Love is like another one of those online sellers that like targets different types of breasts. So they have like a quiz that you take, you know. Man, I'm such a sucker sometimes, <laughs> but I haven't bought I haven't bought those yet. So, but they cater to like your actual boob because you know like not all boobs are the same. You know, like yeah, I I could be a 38 double D, but so can someone else. But her boobs are you know totally different from mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you when you see me in a bra, like mm-hmm. what? Because I'm like I have no boobs. Obviously, mm-hmm. do, you, do you prefer me with having bigger cups, or would you prefer it just being like? I think I like like natural, like right. kind of like what you'd have for your size. Like so, yesterday you tried on that dress, like the polka dot one. I'd be weird if you had like a super padded push up bra. I think for your frame and like your build, like a nice. What do you usually get? Like a B. It's like a thirty six C or a thirty six, thirty eight B. It's I don't mm-hmm. obviously have like a bigger chest, mm-hmm. um, but it's hard to. Sh- it, it's always hard for bras for cross dressers because yeah. they don't have boobs per se. But mm-hmm. some of them have more barrel chests. Yeah. Some of them are more mm-hmm. like broad chested, so it's kind of yeah. hard to determine. So it, you do try to find a cup size for you. I think it's also like depends on your height too, because it's like I, I could see like you'd be like a like a high. I'm like five a, seven, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think like a B, like a B or a C would be nice, like for you. I mm. think any bigger than that, it'd be like kind of not fitting your frame. Do you feel it's important to see? You now some some crashers don't even wear bras. Yeah. How do you feel about not wearing a bra at all? I mean, well, I think if you can, you can. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of my friends are like celebrities or people who have like smaller chests don't wear bras at all, and that's cool. Oh, wow. Kristen Bell, like I actually was just listening to a podcast where she talks about like her boobs because she has small ones. It, there's so many advantages to not having big boobs too because you don't always have to wear a bra and it's not super obvious. Like I cannot go around like wearing <laughs> no bra because it's like, girl, your like tits are like everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just too much. So I think if you don't want to wear one or like, if your outfit doesn't need it, when you're like more on the flat chested side, you can wear super low cut stuff and it looks mm. really classy. Mm. Or if I were to wear a super something low cut, I, w- I personally wouldn't feel comfortable with it. Mm. But again, it's like whatever you're confident, whatever you're comfortable with. Mm. And what are you comfortable with? I like a little bit of cleave. Not like a lot. Cleavage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Cleavage, not like a. Like, uh, I don't know. Like a cleaver. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. And it depends. Like on occasion, like I'm not gonna like bust out like my cleave at church, you know. Mm, you could. My God is watching. Okay. God. Okay. From a distance, you know. So, you're saying you shouldn't spend. You don't have to spend that much on a bra. You don't have to. As long as you're comfortable and it fits your frame. Yeah, and like. It takes you a long time to f- even like figuring out again because you I know you talked about bra sizing before, mm-hmm. but figuring out what your right band size makes a big difference because it's What's still the band, sizing? the band is the one where you measure the the measuring tape that's like under your chest. Oh, and goes around your around your. Chest. Uh, but not yeah under like under below the ch- like below under the your nipple line. Yeah, and then you do the nipple. one around your around your nipple line and that then you take the difference and that determines your cup size i don't know the exact measurement yeah Yeah. 
Well, cool. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. Well, I always love Kirsten's Corner. Kirsten's Corner. So you're going to do that every week, guys? I'll figure something out, guys. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Love you. you. Uh Uh-oh. And that's it for this week's episode, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Had a great talk with Kira. Lots of stuff we went over. This episode's pretty long, but there's lots of information that I hope you guys can take something away from. Tune in next week. Promise to have something good. Either an interview or something either related to crossplay or related to video game characters. Tune in this month. There's going to be a lot of good stuff. That's it. My birthday's coming up. I'm going to post something up about that. And yeah. Hope you guys have a great one. And as always, keep it fresh. Stay blessed. And remember, you're gorgeous. Again, I'm not here to treat or diagnose anything, guys. I am just here to tell my story. I have people come on the podcast and tell their story, and and maybe you guys can learn from it. And I hope it helps you guys understand the world of cross-dressing and gender a bit more.